How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Because the Internet Podcast. This is episode seven. We're in the thick again of the NHL and NBA playoffs. And I'm joined here, as always, with Steve Dennis. How are you doing today, Steve? Rob, doing well. Um, coming off the, the long weekend, holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. For to say, it was Memorial Day weekend recording after that. So all the sports that happened over the weekend. Lots of sports. Great sports weekend. Um, but it was, a, it was a weekend where I think you may have done the same, like besides the sporting events wasn't really online a ton. So it was nice to sort of take a, a little bit of a, a step back and a bit of a, a small social media hiatus. So today will be lots of sports, um, but obviously with the sporting events comes some great internet content associated with that, Rob. So um, we got NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, where are we starting off today? We're going to be starting in the NHL. I believe we let off the NBA last time. I can't remember. So we'll just kind of flip-flop, flip-flop in between the two. Um, start with the hometown boys. Um, Bruins against the Islanders series is now tied at one as of the heartbreak uh, last night in overtime. I, it doesn't even matter like how overtime went. It's always a heartbreak to lose in playoff overtime hockey. Uh, but game one obviously was great. Pasternak hat trick uh, kind of ran over. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a really good game and then, and then kind of separated towards the end and, and the Bruins kind of won comfortably. And then the second game comes back kind of flip flops from the way the first game went, but ended up Bruins made a comeback at us over time and then lose in overtime on the breakaway. So, Good series so far for us. It's been, you know, outside of maybe the next series, we'll talk about the best series so far in the playoffs, I would say. And it's only been two games. Yeah, it's been a fun one. They haven't really played, um, I guess, like as advertised in like reading the uh, the previews of this series or watching some of uh, the Isles play in the previous series. My assessment was that it was going to be pretty low scoring affairs, um, you know, two, one grind it out. Um, and that obviously hasn't been the case. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm still pretty confident in the Bruins. Um, the Isles have already had to change their goalie and, and I thought it was going to be, you know, really a difference maker for them. But if you look at like statistically, it wasn't that huge of a, uh, improvement over the the previous game uh my concern and and you know me like i'm uh this isn't like a a shot at tuca but like he the uh cassidy said after the game that he wasn't seeing the puck well and that he's been dealing with some things so you know not that i'm looking past the aisles because i do think that we can can win this series it does make me concerned a little long-term if he's battling with injuries and isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. normally it's mentally, you know, is his problem, but if he's hint, you know, trying to navigate physical issues um, at the start of each game like that, that concerns me. Yeah. If it's physical. Yeah. Like you said, like, you know, just goal, goaltender movement. It's crazy. It's such a small net. It, it seems like it's always the funniest thing when people say like some of the best skaters in the ice are goalies and stuff like that. But so yeah, if it's movement related, that's very tough. If it's seeing it, it's it's weird because he said it is he, he hasn't played bad. Um, Tuka he had the one, um, bad kind of let up goal, and then yesterday was kind of both goals were just like weird. The first two goals were just weird. Third goals and third and goal. And I think overtime goal were, were, were really nice goals, but yeah. the first I two were just like played, weird and nothing like, well. yeah, I thought he played relatively well. I mean, he does have now what the Bruins record of playoff um, save yeah. percentage, which, right. But I also like, I mean, that's like, I mean, 
that's just a longevity thing in my opinion like, like well it's safe percentage but yeah i get what you mean the more shots are statistically that you know missing one or two goals you know affects you less if you've yes. seen a thousand and, and more goalies, shots goalies obviously now like statistically are essentially brick walls like, like yeah they've talked about making the net bigger because like goalies are just like that that good nowadays yeah yeah as as, as the sport gets better i think we were, we were talking about this the other day with you know what what is the mental stuff with two and stuff like that i, I realized like looking back because i used to like c- couldn't stand him but you know what it is is just the goals that he lets does end up letting up like he is very very good obviously like even though like you said longevity there is a reason you you don't ju- you don't just get to the longevity aspect without being really really good it's when he does let up a goal they're just very easy goals like he refuses to let up very hard goals mm-hmm. but like so so anytime he lets up a goal it's just like you could always question is too good because it's like a pretty soft goal to let up yeah, like I mean, the it first just two seemed... that were weird uh, yesterday were were like they looked like they should have been savable just because they're so slow going into the net. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly wasn't blaming him for the the overtime goal. I mean, that was a terrible um, turnover at at center ice. Yeah, and... just unfortunate. I mean, the guy's skating away and he happens to flick hit the puck and it hits right off the skate like that. Well, I was I was reading. Um, I don't remember the name of the guy off the top of my head. Who who you know the Bruin player who led to the turnover but he's he's been on the ice the least amount of time this series but he leads the team in goals against while on the ice That's so tough. yeah it seems like a problem a, so yeah. a little bit of a problem um so yeah i don't blame tuca at all for that it seems like the scouting report as always you know through the years of in years of watching him is up and over the shoulders he just you know seems like he can't get his mm-hmm his shoulder up above, um, you know, his, his neutral position, but yeah, I mean, I'm confident it was, it was a great atmosphere. Um, it was a great, uh, it was just great to see fans back in the garden. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, but, um, I mean, pure electricity. I mean, the, Mm -hmm. from, from the national anthem to overtime, you know, I thought some of the penalties in, in yesterday's game were, were kind of BS too, um but and usually I, hockey's I the one that like like nba like you always get those weird calls sometimes in the playoffs hockey mm-hmm. is like usually they just swallow the whistles right or they penalize i think it was um there was that moment i think it was in the second period where um i don't i don't want to say i, I want to say it was maybe coil um who was you know they were like checking each other back and forth after the play and normally in in a situation like that both guys get sent to the bench but it was only yeah. the bruins guy yeah that and was weird they, um they ended up scoring so um i'm not nervous at all though i i it's gonna be interesting to see what the coliseum is like i've heard a lot about it i haven't watched much islander hockey um like during mm-hmm. uh you know crazy moments like this but i think it'll be interesting to see how the bruins react you know i'm sure it had some effect on the islanders being back in a stadium away with full fans you know, yeah full, yeah full momentum fans. swings so much faster and you can really yeah. see that too it was like i that's that's what the series can come down to is like the islanders are super defensive and and there was those moments where it just felt like there was about eight nine minutes where the ball was, or the ball the puck was just in the bruin zone the whole time yes. so like yeah you add the you add the hometown atmosphere with that too it's probably you i, I feel like you're you scream at the tv clear it clear it and then yes adding fans it's gonna even be harder to clear it just because you know that's just the way momentum swings in hockey like that so i think it does matter but also you know, there's also the aspect that the, the Islanders were up three to one um, mm-hmm. at one point, and the Bruins came back too. So 
Yeah, it's, Bruins it's just, have it's dominated. A very it's a very interesting two teams coming back at each other. They've before. dominated uh, third period goals too. I think they have five, maybe, um, or right, sense, some, somewhere between five, five to seven. I think, or I think it was five um, in the third period. So, you know, they they let themselves get behind and they fought back into it. And I, I think that they've proven that they can score i think it's that's more going to be a challenge of can the islanders keep up with the bruins so you know we've seen them sort of throw their best at the bees now we'll have to see you know can the bees keep it up to a point where the islanders can't you know maintain that level of performance anymore so it, fun fun series and mm-hmm. uh, the guys get a couple of days off tuka gets a couple of days off to heal up so they'll be back in action on uh, thursday so yeah, I hate, uh, you know, it's the Bruins, so I can, I'm happy they're able to rest up, but also I hate the fact that it's Monday to Thursday. That's That seems obscene, like going to the playoffs, unless it's like a change of series. Like, it feels so yeah. weird to have this kind of break mid-series, even yeah, though there's travel, weird, especially weird, the travel. Like, yeah, it's a weird, like, obviously, you usually get an extra day um, with travel, but yeah, that's that was interesting. I don't know if it was like a COVID day built in, but mm-hmm. they'll be back in action on Thursday, and, um, you know, I think that's a huge game for, for both teams to, to really try and um, take control of the series. So, yeah. Um, from that series though, that's just kind of heating up to a series that's already over or just ended um, last night. And that is the Maple Leafs choking a three, one series lead to the Montreal Canadians. We can be unbiased here because we probably don't like either of these teams. Um, Bruins kind of having rivalries with both just being like sort of original teams there. Um, but the Maple Leafs now have had a history of choking. Um, quite a bit. And as Bruins fans, we know that 2013 um, in game seven, they choked the four, one lead, letting up two goals with the goalie pulled um, to then, yeah, go on to lose in overtime and lose that series. So the Maple Leafs, I, I forget what it was. They haven't won a playoff series in like 19 years, something like that. Yeah. I saw, I saw it was like, a, yeah. thousands of like tens of thousands of days. Um, like I saw yeah. some, some, I'm pretty sure it's 19 years since they won a series. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Um, early, I think it's early two thousand, so that makes sense. It's a tough look, you know, when when that's when that's Canada's like main export is hockey. When yeah. you, know, you just haven't had you know consistent performances. Toronto, that's like their most populated city. The hockey Hall of Fame is. Yeah, so that's a tough tough look for them. Um, interesting, you know. Again, not to look too far ahead, but it is interesting to see that based on how things are set up this year, you could technically get a finals between the Bruins and the Canadians, mm-hmm. which I think would be, um, you know, talk about hatred and, and old town, you know, old time rivalries boiling over. Uh, you know, I think that would be, that would be really a fun series. And especially cause it can't happen ever outside of this COVID unless this is what they stick with going forward, which yes. I would yeah. hate. It's been kind of fun. Like it would be, you know, there would be a repeat of you want to talk about something that would like unify the country. It's like USA versus Canada in the yeah. Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup matchup. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, is it who, who's one of Toronto's star players? I want to say Austin Matthews. Did yeah, I, they have Austin Matthews, and Mitch, Mitch Martin, yeah. and then obviously John Tavares, who got injured. He he sat down at the, the press conference table last night after the game and was asked his first question, and his response was, I don't have much to say and just like walked off. So I feel like he sums up basically the entire fan base there. And um, yeah, it's a tough scene, but yeah. And he's from the United States though. So you never know, like, is there, you know, trouble brewing there? Does he want to leave or anything like that? You never know. Um, Cause obviously yeah, they just, they've, 
you know, since since we've watched hockey, it's just been, you know, obviously with COVID having the the structure set up a little bit differently, they've they've always been a first or second round matchup that you just assume the Bruins are going to get by because it's just that's that's yeah, not a second round matchup. Well, unless I don't know if buys work, but like I don't know if you said that, but technically since we were like six seven years old, six seven years old, they haven't even seen the second round. True, um, true. So yeah, you just but they've always like been good. I think that's what you're saying. The they're always up there. Yeah, they're always yeah. up and around the playoffs. They're not like the Browns in the NFL where they, you know, didn't win a playoff game strictly because they just never were in the playoffs. They, yeah. they, they, they are a team that's always up and around those kind of hunt for the playoffs, but then never do anything with that. Um, but yeah, no, one more series. I mean, there's other series going on. Obviously, we not to forget the Lightning Hurricanes. Their game two is going on right now. Um, as we record, I think the Lightning are currently winning. Um, it was two, yeah, two zero last time I checked, it's still two zero. Um, so that would put them two, two goal, uh, two games up in that series. But the more important thing is round two in the West has started between the Golden Knights and the Avalanche, which I believe are two of the more popular teams to kind of win the Stanley Cup this year. Golden Knights kind of resurgence after winning and then not being very good and then kind of being back now. And then the Avalanche with McKinnon being just Hands down, I think the favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year. And then after game one, routing the Golden Knights 7-1, which is maybe the wildest score I've seen in playoffs that I can that can recall to my head. Yeah, but it was yeah, a tough scene after Vegas Vegas won a game seven, right? Um, in the, yeah, I think that was what their series, series went to. So I, I think know it was a good they, series, but... I think they were coming in with uh, a little momentum. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know zero about the Avalanche. I really don't even... I couldn't gun to my head right now i could not tell you what their logo looks like but uh vegas it's is a, a fun it's spot. With snow coming down <laughs> yeah see that's what i was confusing them with uh the the, the coyotes like the a um, okay yeah, yeah i always i always think when i think avalanche matt duchene which i don't think he's even there anymore um he was, he was I, the, I know that guy uh who was the, the player that you mentioned um mckinnon mckinnon yep so he's landis the, gog was always a was always a sneaky pick in uh nhl the video game yeah so, He's one of the young studs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Avalanche, they – I mean, uh, Vegas, I feel like, like you said, they they obviously are the new the new kid in town, um, but I feel like some of their new shine has worn off, like, in terms of NHL popularity. Like, I feel like, okay, Once they came in, yeah. they, they – right, they, they did really well, and now it's like, okay, like – we've seen enough of you, you know, Colorado, I don't know the last time that they were relevant in, um, in the NHL postseason. So mm-hmm. it seems like one of those weird, you see it in the NBA and the NHL where you have some teams that aren't ever since COVID has been a thing. You have some teams that aren't usually contenders that are now contenders. So it's interesting to see, you get to see some new players um, that you've, you know, haven't really watched on uh, TV before. Yeah, so there's some good series going on. Obviously, round two is heating up. Uh, Canada will start their round two. Um, I know they're a little behind, so uh, that'll go on. But moving on to the NBA, um, been some good series. One, one quick, one one quick NHL. Uh, just to circle back to the Bruins, I was listening um, to someone talk about this series before it started. The Bruins uh, Isles, and uh, again, again, I don't really know who many of these people are, but. If you if you want to give yourself, I, I love looking back at old draft classes and seeing like where were the the home runs and where were the misses. Um, and the 2015 
draft class for the Bruins is apparently like one that could have cost like, you know, many GMs their jobs. And uh, I think we, we had like three shots at uh, the best player on the aisles, uh, Bar- Barzal. Matthew, yeah, Matt Barzal. Matthew Barzal. Yeah. Um, like basically we had three shots at players and if you look at who was drafted after that stint in 2015, it was just like really good talent. So if you this series, like, I mean, it, depending on how much damage Barzal does, like you could look back and be like, you know, we had, we took DeBrusque before um, Barzal. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, it, that would be an interesting way to look at it, but obviously that guy's a stud and uh, it, you know, 20, obviously, uh, Sweeney has rebounded. He's made some really good like deadline trades to put the Bruins in position to be competitive. And, um, you know, I, I think Taylor Hall is like a, a real fun guy to watch on the ice. So it's just an interesting little thing that, you know, years later, uh, we come full circle on that. So, um, so yeah, that was just a, an interesting note for people to, to look at later. If you're a Bruins fan, uh, watch at your own risk or, or yeah. that, do that research on your own risk. Yep. So with that going into the NBA, we are kind of towards the back half of the first round. Um, crazy sometimes how long it goes. Yeah. Uh, but also in the NBA, usually it doesn't go this long. So it's kind of cool to see. We have two series tied at 2-2 that are playing tonight. Um, that's the Nuggets and the Trailblazers and the Lakers and the Suns. And our Celtics are about to be bounced um, within the next few minutes of us talking. Yes, Probably sir. by the time we finish the NBA segment, the Celtics will officially be eliminated from the playoffs, which is expected. And I'll try and further. time it perfectly. Yeah, that would, that would be fun. But I think it has to be said, um, fan interaction and COVID being in the rear view in a sense and fans being back has taken over the NBA playoffs um, and kind of spoiled uh, some of the good basketball that we've had. Because like I said, it, the series have been good. I mean, we're talking like Utah being like in a 3-1 series, which is 3-1 and 3-1 with the 76 Wizards as well. is not like crazy good series, but there's games to be won. It's not just sweeps. Uh, but yeah, with that, there's been three large instances of fans kind of getting involved with the players and that's Trey Young getting spit on the popcorn falling on Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. um, and then Kyrie getting a water ball thrown at him so yeah it's really been the uh, the honestly the the main takeaways and and the series the series thus far are, are going pretty deep you've only had one series as of recording this that has been completed it was the Bucks in Miami and just the one you might have thought going deep at the start of the series, too. Yeah, it, it complete 180 from what it looked like last year. Uh, you know, Miami getting a lot of uh, getting chirped a lot for being like the bubble team. Um, you know, and the team that was able to take most advantage of the bubble. But uh, a lot of series going deep. Uh, Celtics will be the next team to get bounced uh, here in the next couple of minutes. Um, but the really the main takeaways have been the fan interactions as they've been allowed back into the stadiums and and the stadiums are becoming full capacity uh, and injuries. So that has injuries have been something that have plagued, um, you know, the postseason so far, you got Joel Embiid just went down with an injury. He's doubtful for um, game five. You have uh, tonight, which we'll get to later, potentially, LeBron's biggest game of his career. Um, Anthony Davis, I just saw again, originally he was supposed to be out, but now he's a game time decision, which I think is like really pivotal. Um, you have uh, some players from, you have in Dallas, Luca trying to, to battle like nerve damage. Uh, so 
some interesting stuff going on, but really the, so that's affected the on the court stuff, but off the court, right. You got um, Trey young. I mean, I mean, if you talk about the Knicks who have been out of the playoffs for so long and honestly, we're, we're a feel good story. And a lot of sports fans were, regardless of their interest in the Knicks as a team, just think like the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Like that's always a, that's always a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make it to the playoffs with all this momentum and hype and they really lay an egg. And then you have uh, a fan spitting on Trey young, uh, which the, the wildest thing about that incident it w- was that the person who, who spit on him took the, the risk to do it over 50 cents. So, wow. Yeah. That's I didn't even realize that that's, I mean, that's like life. That's literally a life or death shot. Right. Like 50 cent, 50 cent was sitting front row. The spit comes down at an angle where it's, it's on Trey young who was standing like right next to, to 50 cent. So, um, and Trey young, he, he played it off. Um, you know, they, he dropped charges against the guy, but I mean, that's the, I mean, is there, is there much like, lower in a form of respect than like spitting on someone like I especially I like it's like the first game after covid too like in the mecca you're just spreading viruses by spitting yeah on that i didn't even think of that if you coughed on someone like three months ago you could get charged with like terrorism and now like people are just spitting on others <laughs> we're other back to normal we, we've yeah. progressed back to normal i haven't even thought i didn't even think about that wow yeah i mean charge that guy with like a, <laughs> domestic terrorism fauci's uh-huh. gonna like arrest him on his own like a one-man arrest and then, I mean, looking at Trey Young's size, I feel like, you know, I feel like someone, if they wanted to scrap, that'd be pretty competitive. Uh, when you go at Westbrook and dump some popcorn on him, <laughs> which which he just seems to generate, um, I think it's because of, like, the intensity that he plays with. He seems to generate a lot of interactions from fans i'll put it that way where i think like, he, he also is one a player that interacts back to in a sense like like, like a, he a big play, he'll stare at, he'll stare down some fans or something yes. like that yeah. after a big he, play after yeah he certainly does not ignore it um you know there there have been issues there like most notably uh with utah with like i think they were uh they said like something like homophobic um but i i loved the response from bradley beal who said who's who's uh, Russell Westbrook's teammate on the Wizards and he said yeah he was like not to get hood on everyone but but these people do not want these hands <laughs> like I mean he Bradley Beal ready for all the smoke um but yeah the popcorn you know just eat your $12 popcorn and um you know, don't, don't toss it on somebody. I don't know how, and we'll get to the, we'll get to the Kyrie incident in a second. Cause that's a bit of a, a larger one. Um, but I was watching inside the NBA on TNT and you had uh, Draymond, Kenny, the Jet Smith and, and Charles Barkley. And they were saying, you know, there's really nothing that's going to change. Like, like how, how do you, this has been going on forever. Um, it's obviously happened at the highest frequency, you know, if you want to blame people being in, you know, isolation for a year, um, as the Boston Celtics season officially comes to an end here. Um, 
like, can you do anything to stop this? Can you can you do anything to cur- curtail um, fan abuse? You know, from yeah. No, I don't think there is an answer. I, I was actually listening to part of my take this morning. I thought they had a good point on it. It's like, it's weird that doesn't happen more because we've just widely accepted that like 20, 20 to 25,000 people can just like have this sort of close intimate access mm-hmm. with these star superstar players. Yeah, they are right up on the court. Yeah, NBA is always the closest to the court. There's not like, and even hockey is pretty close to the ice. There's a huge glass in front of them and all this stuff. And it, you have to really lob it over and, and all this kind of thing football you're you're usually pretty far away obviously you can have the fan interactions on the bench and stuff like that but it it seems to be rare um and then baseball you know they're in the dugout or they're kind of out in the field there's not too much walking in and around the crowd sort of so i feel like nba is kind of the prime target for this or or the sport that would be the most targeted and it is kind of crazy we haven't seen it more often than this just with like you said like it doesn't there's no restrictions on buying a ticket as long as you have the money to buy the ticket, you're in. There's no like screening. Right. I mean, it's like already, like, there's no like, are you a good person? Conduct. Like you already yeah. agree. You're, you already agree to not do that, but people obviously still do it. So yeah. And, and they've, and they've at least, you know, there's ways to stop true weapons of getting in, but yeah, there's right. nothing, there's nothing really stopping, you know, someone that just doesn't care. Like good credit. I feel like all these people were arrested pretty quickly. I feel like I'm surprised there wasn't at least one of these guys that was able to kind of escape Obviously, he'd be on camera, but like yeah. it's actually impressive they got caught in the stadium. It wasn't like they got arrested like afterwards or caught on camera. I even forgot the uh, the dude who ran onto the court at the Wizards. Oh game. yes, that just happened. He got he got form tackled. Right, you know Chase Young, uh, <laughs> stopping by and and um, form tackling him before you know stopped him, and he had to make a run too because they're still you know at the Wizards uh, state arena. They're still uh have like the social distancing stand so mm-hmm. like the the seats for the fans are probably 50 60 feet away from the court uh, so he had to make a run all the way from there to the court um and as soon as he stepped on the hardwood uh security guard you know tackled him and uh and kept him again you know kept k- saved his life from from bradley beal so yeah exactly uh, yeah <laughs> but the, the fan the the main and relevant uh, incident to the Celtics again, as as we report that the Celtics just got eliminated here on this uh, Tuesday night, um, was Kyrie Irving, and he, so, you know, Kyrie played for the Celtics, promised that he was gonna, um, you know, finish his career here as a Celtic and resign. Um, he, you know, that relationship obviously goes sour after a couple of years, and he ends up leaving. Circumstances then make it so that way he's able to avoid playing in front of fans at the garden for, I think it was two years because he was, uh, or basically two and a half. So he was, he was hurt at one point uh, when he was going to come to the garden. So, so two years ago, he was hurt, um, chose, chose to not travel with the team, uh, the nets to the garden uh that so that was before covid and then once covid happened obviously they didn't play in front of fans played earlier in the year against the celtics at the garden no fans that was the whole sage burning incident and then now finally it just so happens that he's gonna be playing at the garden where the celtics are gonna have uh 
you know, I think it was like 50% or 75% access to fans. Mm -hmm. Um, And in advance of that, he says that, uh, you know, he he helps the Celtics fans behave themselves because I I know they have a history of, you know, Boston has a history of, uh, or or Boston is a, uh, a racist sports town. And, you know, that man may not have been exactly what he said, but that's certainly what he was alluding to. And um, regardless of, of, the conversation around that basically the fans let him have it for for two straight games and the first game he was rattled um it was like his worst performance of the uh of like in in a while as worst performance of the series so far and then in game two he balled out he Mm -hmm. you know i i give him full credit you know full capacity of fans he he stepped up and and owned it and and did his thing and then we were two minutes away from, you know, we were mere steps away <laughs> from the Celtics, the city of Boston, making and the Celtics fan base, making it out of those, those games, doing their job, you know, uh, booing, booing Kyrie and, and making him hear it without, giving into him and letting him win and some asshole from Braintree mass. You're <laughs> is he right. actually Braintree or is that just assumption based on? No, no, he's, he's okay. That's a just... very, you know, you could have named any town of mass. I would have believed you, but no, I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, pin dropping on, uh, oh, sure. on, on Braintree um, from URI, you know, probably, you know, daddy season tickets. Uh, and he chucks a water bottle at Kyrie luckily it didn't hit him because you know we would have been you know who knows what would have happened if it hit him um but he was quickly found and escorted like you had mentioned you know arrested and I think now he's like they are going to make an example of him and you know he's charged with like assault with a dangerous weapon which you know that's like the maximum charge they're going to put against them I, I don't think that that will actually yeah Actually, yes, I don't him. think he's spending time in jail at the end of the day. Right, right. Outside I mean, of that it, night, obviously. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they he that one incident allows Kyrie to walk away and, and unfortunately allows the NBA community of players to feel like they're what Kyrie said was was right. So it's unfortunate. Um, I don't want to leave out too, like that Kyrie you know, he's just such a slime ball. And after the game, he, he goes and stomps on lucky uh, the, the Celtics <laughs> logo at midcourt because after everyone left, right. After, after the other team, you know, after the Celtics were, were off the court, he was, he was saying, you know, right in front of a referee um, because basically lucky is the face of racial oppression um, in in Boston. So he really had to send a message there, but mm-hmm. there are so many different Tyrese conversations around the, What's that? I said Kyrie Smith Schuster when yeah, Juju so, the season yeah ran on and, and and danced on the the star in Dallas right after yeah. right after Dallas finished their warm ups and went inside. So, you know, it's there are so many different things, but again, this basically th- this entire situation was not about race. Like I, you know, I understand the point he's trying to make, but but Kyrie in this instance is a fraud because two years ago he said that you know, that he's never had any, any racist uh, 
interactions during his time playing against Boston. And he's never had any incident, you know, circumstances where he's been exposed to that stuff playing for the Celtics. So, um, you know, he knew that he was going to get it, come here and get his ass booed and that fans were pissed for at him and they wanted his head and, and he has the right to leave and that's their right. And Celtics fans have the right to be pissed about that breakup. Um, but to make it about race was, I thought a cowardly move. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he walks away a winner. You know, I think, I think literally and figuratively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Literally tonight they win. And then figuratively. Yes. I think, I think because even if it doesn't matter, they, the, the guy, that guy that threw the water bottle come on the news and be like, no, I just literally hate Kyrie. Like that's all, that's all. It it literally didn't matter what he looked like. I just hate Kyrie. Right. Um, But that doesn't matter at this point because he, he pushed the narrative ahead of, ahead of, ahead of the incident. And then the incident happened. So um, my takeaway is that even though they're unrelated, like you can't throw a water bottle just because he stumped the logo. I think the rule should be you can only stomp on the logo if the other team is still staring at you doing it. Like you should have yeah. to do it in front of the other team and then see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marcus Mar- Smart we... might, might have murdered him on the court. Yeah, maybe. But he, I mean, he also like, I mean, one of the main reasons I was watching the game tonight was to see if any of the Celtics, like, like I, I think for some reason, and, and again, we had a lengthy conversation about this today. Like the NBA is, is run from, you know, top to bottom by the star players and Kyrie is a star player and Jason Tatum, who is the Celtics best player is close with Kyrie. They still communicate. Um, They still keep in contact and, and are, you know, friends. Nobody on the Celtics tonight did, you know, send any sort of message as if, you know, what Mm -hmm. Kyrie did or said was over the line or inappropriate. So, they they the Celtics themselves seem to have no problem with it and I think that that's a problem but I also think it's it's a problem a larger problem with the league um that I don't see changing so it's going to be just something that I think people will have to get used to mm-hmm. um but yeah I think it's also situational too like I had said to you like I think I think the Celtics being down 3-1 well after because that was after the game being down yeah. 3-1 you know now knowing like no Kemba at the time I guess they didn't know but it was pretty assumed no Kemba no Robert Williams for this game yeah no Jalen Brown obviously he's been out so you're you put like that lineup you sent earlier that was should have shouldn't be allowed to like enter a playoff game all at the same time um essentially it's all Celtics rookies from the past two years uh so yeah, like, like yeah. I don't know like there's there's that sense of you're so down you like use the hip turn for the kids down bad that yeah. like just reacting looks so, like so bad on your part that it's just better to like, you know, take your beating and go home and yeah. then, they, and then try to like show it next year. Like it, when you're actually in the, like, say, say hopefully we, we, you know, we rebound, get some, get another player or something like that. It's another star player come back. And like, now we're really taking on the nets for real in the seven game series. And, and there's maybe some harder fouls against Kyrie here and there. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, you do see that right. Where, where um, things like that carry over. You know, mm-hmm. you stand in a baseball all the time, like people don't forget. But, you know, I have, even after wat- watching the game, you know, Kyrie's all handshakes and hugs with a lot of the players. So it is NBA- hard too. it's like hard to manifest this hate between between guys that just happen to get drafted or, or traded to a team right. that are against each other. Like, like you said, like if Tatum likes Kyrie just because they're on rival teams, like like even like the Celtics Lakers, it's it's what's been said, like the, in, in years past, mm-hmm. like if we're talking like the old, like the heyday of the Celtics Lakers, the reason those series get so like heated is because players didn't move around as much as they do now. 
right. you know, you got players moving around between five, like Kyrie is a star player who's played on, you know, four or five teams now, just, or, or I guess technically back and forth here and there, just because of just the, the, the ability to move players around now or, or the, how standard it is. So it's like, right. You, don't just, only- you can't just like manifest hate on people. You, you know, maybe friends with or shared a locker room with. Yeah. It's, it, it's, um, it's just how the league is now. And, you know, it's not to be like one of those like old man, you know, uh, back in my day type, but you know, you just, you have, these guys are, are playing with each other more. They, mm-hmm. they hang out in the off season when they can, they do business together. It just wasn't like that back in, back in the day. Like, again, you had uh, Kevin Garnett and, you know, big baby Davis coming out and being like, you know, like what he did, you know, shouldn't what Kyrie did shouldn't stand, you know, obviously the person that threw the bottle is, is an idiot, but like someone just blatantly disrespecting your uh, you know, your team's identity is, is tough, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's also tough when your own players don't do anything to, to stand up for it and they have to mm-hmm. let other people sort of speak for them. So, yeah. And there's uh, always a chance that, you know, if Tatum is that close to them and Tatum is, you know, maybe not the vocal leader, but, but like you said, the best player on the Celtics, if so, like the playing leader, if he's maybe said something to them being like, whatever he does, just like, let him do it. Like, you know, like I'm friends with him. It, it's just not worth like our time right now. There's always that too. Like you said, like, you know, if, if, if Kyrie's best friend, the Celtics was like Romeo Langford, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, smart and Jalen Brown, well, not an injured Jalen Brown, step up and do something about it or say something about it more than, you know, you know, our best player is friends with the guy. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously that's the end of the season for the Celtics. The Nets look damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and when and- they want to, <laughs> that, that one game the Celtics did pull, they looked really bad. So. Right. Right. And that, that game four, they, you know, after all of the, uh, the Kyrie hate and stuff like that. Like they, they wanted that game and they, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't come out of the game until they were up by like 25, 30 points. And, and Steve Kerr was just standing there on the sidelines being like, anytime you guys want to come out, like you let me know. Um, and the big three was standing there, you know, doing their thing. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we've heard the last of, you know, stupid fan interactions, you know, hopefully this doesn't become a thing where it's like, they, pe- they get all this publicity and now they're going to start, um, you know, it's going to become, more of a thing so you know hopefully we've heard the last of it but yep no no anthony davis for the lakers get that game is tipped off yes. um i don't i'm on espn now i don't see him he didn't start and i don't see him on the bench yeah so um, he, on ESPN. Just, i'm not watching the game but i'm watching it now he's in uh he's in street close um okay. winners of game five go on to win the series 82 percent of the time rob so so it, it, it another hint this could be a big game for lebron um, but before that, you you had shared an article. I'll let you take the reign on this one, but it is moving into NFL. Like we said, I don't think we'll get an episode where we don't have some sort of NFL news. This one may be a little exaggerated. This one wouldn't make maybe most podcasts, but being in New England, it's a it's a worthy topic for sure and, and an interesting one that we can kind of you know give yeah, our thoughts I think, on. So I think Matt Patricia is, you know, he he is certainly, you know, if you're a sports podcast or you talk about the NFL, like I think he himself is a pretty uh you know, he, he himself was worthy of a topic, obviously the greatest coach of all time worthy of a topic and Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. And there's rumors that have started to come out that Matt Patricia, could he be the, and I guess there's different perspectives you could take this from. Is it Belichick is nearing the end and he's, uh, shaping you know grooming matt patricia to take over the role um or is it just that 
Matt Patricia in his role as special assistant to the head coach um, has some, you know, interesting job responsibilities. So to, to go over some of them, uh, he's all of the, all of the, um, all of the contracts signed in the off season um, were like he, 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 his name is signed on every free agent contract that was signed uh, mm-hmm. on behalf of the, the Patriots this year. Um, he was also a crucial sounding board for Belichick on big offseason decisions, like the decision to select uh, Mac Jones uh, using the 15th overall pick um, and press who have been on the field for OTAs down in Foxborough have said that he's been shoulder to shoulder with Belichick um, and he's been working with some key um, position groups. And, and apparently he's taken over a bulk of the responsibilities for Nick Casario, who was the basically the uh, um, in charge of player personnel and, and uh, basically our, you know, Bill's assistant GM there. Um, but so the, the theory is, is that could Belichick be grooming uh, Matt Patricia to be his successor uh, when Belichick decides to retire, whether that's soon or whether that is down the line. Mm-hmm. I like I like it because it's like successor with Belichick means so many different things too because of the hats he wears. Um, very sort of specific to New England and a few other teams do it and in and, and different sports as well. Um, but just because saying he's the heir or the, or the you know could fill in Belichick's place. Does that mean as the coach? Does that mean as the GM or does that mean in in Belichick's role now, which is head coach and GM, um, which is, like I said, a very sort of unique thing to the Patriots, but also not unique. Some other teams do it. Some other sports do it. Um, But it's very much uh, Robert Kraft's MO. Um, Quick soccer talk. The head coach of the revolution is also the GM as well. Um, Very similar to a Belichick kind of guy, um, Bruce Arena. So he does both too. So that's very much in, Kraft's wheelhouse. So if Belichick were to leave, you know, in the next couple of years, would he want to fill it in a role with someone who, you know, wants to do the same thing, both head coach and GM or, you know, after watching Patricia be a head coach in his short stint in Detroit, like, does that seem appealing to you? you know, as no, a- not to me. That was what I was going to say is not to me at all, but it's, it's weird. Cause like Detroit wasn't good, but then he made it worse by like players, not even really liking him from the sounds of it yeah. as a head coach. Um, but what I was going to say is like, you know, we're saying like, do you want this Bel- Belichick role of GM and coach? You kind of get that in a two headed monster of, you know, Patricia and McDaniels in a way, like if McDaniels is the coach, which he's mm-hmm. obviously had kind of coaching stints and half, like I think three quarters of his coaching stints are actually him being a coach for a day and getting pulled back to new England. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's always kind of been the thing is like, why does he keep coming back to New England is because there's this promise of what Belichick's gone. He's the head coach. It's his team. Um, but I think that's that could be a dangerous tandem. I, we haven't seen enough of McDaniels to know, like, if he's a good head coach or not. Um, we know he's a good offensive coordinator. We know Belichick has two sons on the team, mm-hmm. you know, one of them specifically defense. Uh, so, you know, you could have that. There's that, you know, you don't lose the Belichickian defense if you keep one of the sons around. Josh McDonald's the head coach, Patricia, the GM. It's almost like as if Belichick hasn't left, the roles have expanded, but like they're, it's, I don't know how to word it, but there's like, well, that's sort of what Belichick the, that's what, each that's of them. That's what the article alludes to a little bit is that 
uh, Belichick wants to set his kids up well, you know, mm-hmm. in, in an organization, in a, in a Patriots front office that is welcoming to them mm-hmm. um, post uh, post a Bill Belichick tenure. Yeah. So if it's if it's McDaniel's, if it's Patricia, it's you know most likely a foregone conclusion that his sons are going to have something to do with the team. Yeah. Um, but I I it scares me if he's if he's you know thought of as the head coach. I mean he's he's done nothing without Belichick, and obviously that's you know that's not saying a ton, but I think he. He didn't even when he, when when Patricia gave his opening press conference and thanked the people that helped him get to where he he was, he didn't even thank Belichick. And and my thinking around that is like he he wanted to distance himself from like he didn't want people to think that Patricia's success was directly linked to you know everything Belichick like. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to try and stand alone and he was unable to do that. And again, it was the lions and, you know, their expectations are, are what they are, but I just find it fascinating. And it's also, whether it's Patricia or not, I do find it interesting that Belichick who's six, who turned 69 actually last week. Nice. uh, nice, um, That he, is this him looking at, you know, the finish line? You know, like Belichick did say that a long time ago that, you know, he, he would never, you know, be caught coaching into his 70s. And, you know, we just drafted a quarterback that sees Belichick lining up for a rebuild yeah. and, you know, the next franchise guy. So I, I find regardless of who it is, whether it's Patricia, McDaniels, one of his sons, whoever, I find that fact more interesting that, like, Belichick's starting to share some of the responsibility that he used to take really, you know, much of it for himself. And does that mean something? So mm-hmm. obviously it means nothing right now, but it is an interesting thing to watch as the season goes on. And, and, you know, who, who's the one calling the defense come, you know, the, it, it's been Steve Belichick uh, for the past season and a half. Um, is it going to be like that? this year or is Patricia just going to be more of the, the eye in the sky. Now the, the Ernie Adams type, you know, Mm. with, with um, you know, Ernie sort of on the way out. So interesting things. If you're a Patriots fan, you know, could you be seeing the end of, of Bill Belichick in his time in Foxborough? And what do you think of uh, Matt Patricia as a potential successor? So, yeah, I think my dream scenario is my dream scenario would be Patricia GM, McDaniels head coach, Steve defensive coordinator, I know Brian's there, but he's also on the defensive side. So I guess he would yeah. be like almost like assistant defensive coordinator or, or vice and you versa. Wouldn't, you wouldn't really need an offensive coordinator in that sense because that's McDaniels would essentially be. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. You would, you would assume McDaniels would bring maybe, maybe a Brian Hoyer, mm-hmm. um, for example, at that, you know, we're talking three, four years down the road, Brian Hoyer, I imagine the fact that he's on the Patriots again, assume I, I kind of just assume he's going to be a coach at some point. Yeah. Like he is right now. He is the quarterback coach. I'm like pretty I much. Mean, he, right. He, I mean, he, I'm surprised more teams don't pay him more to be their third string quarterback just for like the, the, the Patriots, like coaching tree expertise. Yeah, exactly. Which is maybe he's that loyal, but like I could see like easily him becoming like offensive coordinator, essentially like, like a, like a Byron left, sort of situation on um, how he's yeah. kind of stepped in that role. So 
that's what that's kind of the future I hope for. And the fact that you know we're saying Belichick still in the name with Steve as a defensive coordinator, it gives me hope that you know there's there, there will always be Belichick's brain somewhere like lying around the the you know Gillette Stadium. So gives yeah. you gives me some positives to think take take about even if Belichick's leaving. This is kind of like a dream scenario. Piece of his brain yeah, we'll each, each kind of position group. You know, you'll have a you'll have a fight. Basically, you know, it's always interesting too because I, I always like to remind people that that the people that we talk about in sports, like they are human. So, like, I'm sure McDaniel's, you know, McDaniel's has given up a lot of opportunities to come back and stick around in Foxborough, which with which what with what would have seemed to be a guarantee that he is the next guy after Belichick. Yeah, the so, Colts one really like hits home of like right. I mean, that he had was, to be there was had taken to be off the backroom deal. He was taken off the plane like a terrorist, you know. <laughs> that you know uh, and uh, an airliner had to be grounded um does you know does some like little petty internal office politics get involved like where you know now you start hearing rumors of you know patricia coming in to to maybe swoop up the job so hmm. some interesting stuff that again if you if you follow the sports more than just the box scores and what happens on the field this will be an interesting thing to watch um this season so lots of good things to to pay attention to now um, that we move, you know, from the uh, closer to the, the start of the season and, um, and yep. little segue here, you know, we're going from, from Patriots drama to um, Tom Brady. Yeah. Who, you still, you, see, you know, it's the year's 2021 and we still can't finish a sentence about Belichick without starting the next sentence about Brady. That is true. <laughs> uh, and I don't think, you know, when it comes to Brady and Belichick, the meme competition. I don't think that that's a debate. So no, Belichick and his dog win. <laughs> so you, we, we had just missed the true, true, true. Um, we had just missed. So your tweet of the week last week was the the Brooks meme, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was the uh, Brooks doing the interview that got now wiped from the internet totally. Right. Um, right. And then yeah, Bryson comes behind him with the metal spikes, and he just goes like, "I can't, I can't." Right. So at that this. point, at that point, it wasn't even a meme. Like it, but it was like. Dirt, while our show is being recorded uh brady you know it, it it turned into a meme quickly yep and then brady went on the offensive because they have um another match coming up right so do you have the details on that yeah so it's just the match too um there was the match obviously the first time um with who was it with steph and well, there was a Steph one too. There's a couple, there's been a couple matches technically, um, but the first one being Phil versus Tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they added celebrity, Brady, well, celebrities. Brady and were yeah, Brady and Peyton. Then you have the, the Steph Curry um, and that one. I think that was, I think that was part of the series technically, mm-hmm. um, the match or whatever. Uh, I, I didn't watch that one as much. I watched the Brady Peyton one for more obvious reasons, especially Phil and Tiger. But now you kind of have the third iteration of this series. Um, Phil's back. Versus Bryson, um, and then on Phil's team is Tom Brady. On Bryson's team is Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, two you know future Hall of Fame quarterbacks with you know older older golfer um, and then the younger golfer Bryson. So yeah, that gets announced, um, and then of course one Tom Brady be meme, and like you said, um, he he had you know taken that that Brooks Bryson meme to the next level. Um, putting Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I have one here. It's, you know, if I didn't see it, if you haven't seen it, we're not obviously a visual podcast yet outside of the clips. Um, but it's, you know, Brooks with this, the, the disgusted face saying Aaron Rodgers, Aaron realizing he has to spend the whole day with Bryson. Bryson just happy to be there. 
And then um, my favorite one was the the, uh, the next. Yeah, his next tweet was Bryson's walking by and above Bryson's head says the Packers kicking field goal down seven. And then the disgusted faces Aaron Rodgers, which is just so perfect when you can you, you rare to see like, you know, Tom Brady memeing has been more popular on the Internet now more often. But to go after like a football related topic like that yes. is, is, feel is like kind of let, out of left field. I feel like he handed the phone to Aaron on that one. <laughs> yeah, he let, let him make that one. Yep. And then left, going back to the drama that we kind of quickly bro. talked about too, um, Brooks, when that gets announced, Brooks just tweets out, sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers, which is just, you know, a great tweet of, um, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers partnering with Bryson, which it was just crazy because like a hundred percent Aaron Rodgers would hate Bryson as like a person. Like he's everything. I think that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like about the front office of the Green Bay Packers, just like okay. the nerves and stuff like that. That yeah, like, like a, a sense of arrogance. Yeah, the analytics of kicking a field goal down seven or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it'll, it'll be a fun match. Obviously, it's great to see Brooks get involved. And then it has us talking about golf. So yeah, uh, Phil Phil's been great on Twitter too since winning. Um, mm-hmm. he's been he's been firing back with like, no, nah, I'm just sitting by the beach like enjoying the trophy and stuff like that, and then. Um, Phil replied to that sorry bro Aaron Rodgers tweet with I feel like I'm in the middle of something and should step aside except they want the current PGA champ which is always good because he roasted right. kind of you know roasted you know his opponent and then also Brooks because Brooks had won it uh, the, the most recent PGA before Phil and Brooks just lost to Phil Brooks came in second um, this time around so you know it's uh, kind of it's good there and then you know Bryson tried to make a deflated joke which didn't work um yeah that looked like uh, you know that looked like my efforts at photoshop <laughs> yeah and then also said the rent free in the head and then put up an instagram of him like photoshopped into the head of um brooks so you know bryson not as good at you know twitter memes but it's what it, it has created a very fun event i love like i'm a golf guy anyways like mm-hmm. I, I watch the pga and I, I you know i watch a lot of these big tournaments um and i, I try to follow brooks i love brooks obviously he's just fun for golf um, and Bryson, you know, even if he's bad at it, him just being active like this is good for golf at the end of the day. Uh, so it's it's good. And these matches are just so fun. Usually, they, the, and usually they have good, like, I, I believe Ernie's always on the call. Yes. Which is always good. Good, good commentators. Sometimes they'll have uh, Charles Barkley too. Yeah. Uh, they, they get the, yeah. yeah. Last time they got the TNT guys to weigh in. Yeah. Cause uh, it's, it's usually, it's usually through like CBS slash like TNT. But yeah. The main sponsor is um, Capital One too, which all those guys are in the Capital One commercials. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will watch. Um, you know, they need to do something to try and get uh, Brooks on on a bag. You know, <laughs> I, I think that would be or or, or like or, him just like as like the golf reporter, like walking on down the hole with like the mic in his hand. Well, yeah, I mean they these guys are mic'd up during the entire time. You know, Charles Barkley sitting there shit talking them like as they're like in their swing. I think it would be a missed opportunity for them to not phone in brooks yeah get him on zoom or something just to talk in his ear during a swing or something like that or or to provide his commentary in a sense that uh dechambeau can hear it like i think that'd be great so um i'm looking forward to that i think it will be fun it will be a great uh day to be on twitter a great content day for Mm -hmm. sure we'd be remiss too as barstool fans not to mention that match of brooks versus dave and dave calling bryson and are currently working things out to get bryson on dave's bag so what's the uh what's like the time uh like on the calendar like what's the different like how far apart are the uh they're they're pretty far i think they're in the the dave versus brooks one's technically not official yet i believe they have the course mm-hmm. um but I, th- I think he said leaning towards the fall time 
Yeah, I think they I said like Labor Day like, weekend. Yeah, like, like September, but... October. I, I think they said around early October, which is Labor Day. You know, usually it's the last Labor mm-hmm. Day is around around the end of September, I believe, or somewhere somewhere in September, October time frame, whenever that yeah. falls. Um, and then the match is July sixth, so Fourth of July weekend. Interesting. Um, so you know, there's there's it's golf. It, it, again, we're talking golf. Anytime we talk like a sport like this, it's always usually a positive, regardless of what the topic is. Um, right, and it's very rarely what's happening like on the green. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think there's a term. I think, you know, Jordan Spieth is good again, which is cool. <laughs> That's about it I have for that. But um, more memes, I was going to say, but not really memes because it's, it's, it's supposed to be taken seriously. Um, I had sent you a tweet and that you had already seen as well, because of course, you know, being on the internet, we have, is this the second rendition or the third rendition of the big J award? I mean, this might be our third one. Yeah, second or third. Um, uh, I think we've each had one so far at this point, and this one's kind of like a duo one because we had yeah. seen it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let you. I'll I'll describe the award <laughs> quick, just for those that are are new listening. So, um, our Big J Journalism Award is for those in the media, uh, sports media, news media, whatever. Um, you know, someone that just delivers a take that is either so ironic so professional so clout chasing you know or so off base that we just we can't help but you know it would be it would be a crime to let them go unrecognized so uh, rob who is getting your big j journalism award this week yeah one of the description of the award um is just it came to my head because I, it's what I replied when I sent you the tweet. It was what I had underneath it was imagine getting paid to be able to tweet this. Yes, true. That was, is- that's kind of that's like the big J award too. Is like you have to just ask yourself like imagine being paid to like have it's, this. It have says this that cake. on the trophy. It yeah. says that on the trophy. Yes. So it's Skip Bayless again. I think this is my no. We had we had uh, we had Stephen A. I don't know if we had Skip last time. No. Uh, but Skip he said, is on like skips on the Mount Rushmore. So yeah, exactly. So this is what it is very hard to decide. We have the four names that kind of come to your mind when you think of this war. But Skip said about the Lakers and Suns series, it is now you know towards the end of the first quarter. Right. He's, he was talking about the game tonight. Yes, this was yesterday. He tweeted this out. He said tomorrow night, which is game like game five of the first round in a non-deciding game because it's game five. It's a two-two series. Game mm-hmm. does not get the series does not get decided tonight. Just put that in best of seven. Tomorrow night is the biggest game of LeBron James' career. LeBron James, notably known for having, I think, four NBA t- championships um, mm-hmm. and lost a couple more. Um, some of those yep. going to seven games. Some other series going to seven games. You know, a lot of Eastern Conference championships, a lot of or now Western Conference championship. Uh, but game five against the Suns in the first round in a non-deciding game is the biggest game of his career. So... That's, I, mean, I, I, how, I don't know how do you respond to it. I mean, he had to see that. And like, I feel like Skip must be heavily invested on the Suns because I feel like the only natural reaction, if you woke up, if, if I were LeBron and I woke up and saw that, if I didn't think it was the biggest game of my career, I walked around the entire rest of the day, assuming that, you know, like with the belief that, this game five is the biggest game of my career. So yeah. it, it's, I think it's, it's pure skilled mental warfare on behalf of uh, Skip Bayless. Yeah. It's Skip too. It's always a LeBron take, obviously like you wouldn't just tweet this about anything. Um, but it, the, it, it, it is something LeBron. to be said. 
it, it is something to be said that he thinks, you know, game five in an undeciding series is the biggest game of LeBron's career, which, you know, it's the bit, it's the biggest game of the playoffs so far for LeBron for sure tonight mm-hmm. of this, of this year's series is series is on a, on a Wednesday on June 1st. It's the biggest game. Yeah. That he's ever played. Yes, exactly. A- a- and it might not even be if again, if they go on to win this series, it won't even be the biggest game of this playoff run for LeBron, you know, assuming they go on to win the series. I mean, if they lose the series, you know, next game is going to be even bigger because it could be a, a game decider or whatever. I feel decider. like we'll be, I feel like part two of this big J journalism award will be next week when, right. Like you said, like if LeBron, if LeBron wins this game tonight, does like, how does skip spin it? So that way, like, obviously if, if you win the biggest game of your career, yeah. you should probably get some credit for that. How does skip spin it? to where, you know, it'll be the the headline will be LeBron in biggest game of LeBron's career uh he decides to get carried by Alex Caruso. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That will be the the spin zone. So Yeah. Yeah, whatever hap- whatever happens there's going to be whatever whoever who's ever the second best player cuz currently LeBron has the most points on the Lakers. Oh, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, um, you know, yeah. Andre Montez. Drummond starting, you never know. Errol, like, Andre Drummond, yeah. You skip so. Billis leads off with Andre Drum- Andre Drummond is back or something like that. Or like, yeah. <laughs> this is the start of his second career. It will. I mean, I, and again, as I said to you yesterday, like I do find it. If he just dialed it back to, to seven instead of 10 on the tweet, like it would have made a lot of sense. It's like LeBron has for the past two years sort of taken, like he hasn't had to do as much because he's had the, you know, arguably like a top three player in the league on his team so LeBron has been able to to take the foot off the gas at times. Um, that would have been like a, a really, you know, nuanced, critically thought out take, but instead it's just like LeBron's, <laughs> this is like a loser, you know, loser leaves sound match game five. Um, if LeBron loses, he has to, to, um, to end his career. So it'll be interesting right now. Uh, Phoenix is up uh, like 10, yeah, so, 34 26 so, at the end of the first. Also, yeah. to note, I don't know what this means, but Anthony Davis has been added to the bench of the on ESPN. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing you can do if you just come out in like halftime, like from street clothes and, and come out with a uniform on. That but ESPN weird. has added him to the bench, which he was not there when the game started. That is that is where it'll be like, uh, <laughs> like, like he was under the ring at the Royal Rumble. Um, he just comes out at halftime, but he just yeah. comes out like the, the Creed halftime show. He just comes swinging down from the rafters. I'm like, with a. <laughs> Listen, if you know, I can tell you one thing is that the league, this league, they want, they do not want Phoenix to beat the Lakers in this series. Um, So whatever it takes for it to happen, um, you know, but if you're, if you're Phoenix, if you're a Suns fan, like you could, you could beat the Lakers in the next two games and still not believe that LeBron (laughs) wouldn't come back and, and beat you so yeah, somehow he jo- joins what like the nuggets or whatever whoever they play next like lebron all of a sudden is like starting power forward for the nuggets right gets signed on like a, a 10 day <laughs> minimum uh minimum contract so um so yeah it's it's fascinating but a you know our lord and savior skip bayless delivering a a steaming hot take uh and that's why he wins rob's big j journalism award uh this week yep and with that, we head to uh, kind of our other main segment, which is the how is Twitter free um, tweet of the week. These are tweets that make us ask how is Twitter free. 
Um, and just because they're so bizarre or anything, Steve, I don't know if you want to lead off here. Yeah, um, I'll take the, the lead first, um, just because I, I found this tweet that, um, you know, it was just something that made me, it was, it was just a tweet where you look at your phone, you open it up, and it's like the first thing that's on the top of your feed. And you just want to like, you just, you, you pull away and disgust sort of um, because you're just like, like, what am I looking at right now? Um, so let me get this up here and, and let's see if you have the same reaction as soon as it loads up. Um, oh, I, I saw this. I did. I have seen this tweet. <laughs> so obviously um, COVID you know, uh, people are getting vaccinated, which means things are opening back up and, you know, nature is healing and people are allowed to go back into places. I myself am a huge movie theater guy. I love to go uh, see my Star Wars or Marvel, Marvel movies in theaters. Um, but I may be taking a little bit of a longer hiatus um, if people are just going to be acting like straight savages in there. Um, so this tweet, it says... It, ironically like sarcastically it says feels so good to be back in a theater and it's someone sitting with their feet up on a chair in front of them in the theater uh with bare onions out there uh feet some overgrown toenails just letting the rest of the room intake that with their popcorn and slushy um I, I just, I saw it and my eyes stung and I looked away and it, you know, it, it just, whatever movie I thought I was going to see. I mean, I mean th that tweet alone, I think may oh, create like a box office hit, like, like, like the box office is going to take a hit for the next week because of that tweet. So um, just yeah. some early stuff, you know, I'm all for getting comfortable at the theaters, but um you know, this guy should be, you know, receive this, the guy who threw a, a bottle at Kyrie who got a lifetime ban. This guy deserves one from, from theaters. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even one of those people that gets really disgusted by feet, but those feet are disgusting. Um, the toes, the, 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 the toenail length is way too long. They look yellow. I don't know if that's just like the way the camp, the picture was taken. They look disgusting. Do you think, so obviously this is probably this guy's first movie in a year and a half where he has been able to pop off the, the, the shoes to watch. Cause obviously we've all been watching at home, get comfortable on the couch and, and you know, who's wearing socks at home really. Yeah. Um, but do you think, you know, if, does he go to the bathroom during the movie? Does he stand up and he has to put the shoes on or does, is he walking out into the lobby bare naked foot? Yeah, Just, a, and like, we all know like the movie theater, like you wear shoes and your feet get stuck to the ground like walk through a movie theater of all like, you know what I'm not even going to guess what forms of liquid are all over there. Um, do, do, if you have to be some sort of human to barefoot, like that's almost like a, like a, a fantasy football, like draft like who are a fantasy football loser challenge. Like you must walk from one end to the other of this movie theater barefoot. Like that is like the, the, the risk of losing and coming to last place, like the challenge or the forfeit, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, just volunteering. It's a great thing to think of. Like, was this, was this premeditated or was this a game time decision where he was like, you know what, there's nobody in front of me. I can kick these puppies off. Um, you know, was he wearing Crocs? Was he wearing Birkenstocks? I feel like this is a Birkenstocks move. Not, I don't want to hate on the Birkenstocks people out there, but they look disgusting. No, don't you Birkenstocks know. Were, you know, uh, 
as much as I want to defend Crocs as I'm, as I'm wearing them now, but um, I feel like Birkenstocks, you got to wear the socks with them, right? Who You're barefoot in Birkenstocks. I don't know. I just, I feel like people that wear Birkenstocks, I feel like this is a Birkenstocks move. It so, could be, it, I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be some sort of, it is, you know, it's getting warmer specifically, you know, the last week, you know, when this tweet was posted was, I don't know where they're from, but a very hot week up here in the Northeast um, pre Memorial day, you know, it was hot. So sandals are in play, of course. Yeah. Um, this, flip-flops. But yeah, this, I, this screams for me like a, uh, this, this is a California move, like a sort of a, free spirit those are california toes though <laughs> i mean that's, that's you can't true. be like free, northern can't northern be free, california you can't be free balling those toes and sandals right i mean those look like some feet that haven't seen the sun in in quite a while so but yeah just just pure savagery and if i was the guy taking that that photo i would have taken it and shown the person <laughs> at the front desk and asked for you know the next screening of whatever movie i was seeing just move my uh, ticket to whenever this guy's not in the theater I, right. and, there's, and, been... and, and they're sitting behind because the camera's coming for it's not like someone turned around to the picture it's behind whatever movie's on there you're looking at those toes the rest of the movie too right you're not they're right. not your eyes have glued to those right he's gonna you know he's 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 gonna go like scratch foot straight to popcorn straight to mouth like that's that's the uh, i didn't need to hear that sequence there but hopefully there was you know when the movie got over with there were you know a swat team waiting outside of the theater ready to uh bring this man to justice but um that is my how is twitter free tweet of the week um psa for all of us that are going back in the theaters please for the love of god do it fully equipped um in your outfit shoes included yes and if you and if it is hot out wear sandals but i honestly it's like it's like trying on shoes at like the mall or something like you should have to wear you have to you should have to be wearing socks to enter a movie theater i think that should be a new rule because that yeah, is disgusting don't ruin, don't ruin it for the rest of us you know like like first first it's people not wearing socks and and you know going barefoot in movie theaters Next, I'm not going to be able to sneak in, you know, my my candy and, and snacks that I got at the dollar store on the way there. So it's a slippery slope, people, and we all need to, you know, hold each other accountable out here. Um, so hopefully I, I wonder, you know, this is always, again, the other side of like social media, like this guy had to see this photo going around and like, does he make this part of his identity now or does he like... <laughs> I need to know, like, has this guy revealed himself as the the shoeless moviegoer, or is it just now, like, him and his wife know that he's committed like a sinful act, and they just need to not let other people know it's been him? So, um, lots of lots of different angles you could take this one at, but mm-hmm. again, for the love of God, just you know, cr- please, you know, wear proper footwear when you are uh, stepping into the theater. So, yep. Yeah, he had to have seen it, which is, must be a horrible feeling if, if you thought you were getting away with that in the theater and, and then you happen to see that on Twitter later. Um, my tweet is a video, quick one, but there it, it may be quick, but it's going to lead to so many questions about the situation that I think it's a good tweet here. So let me let me share this here. There's no, uh, there is sound, but there's, it, the sound's not important. So I'm just not even going to share sound. Um, it's been viewed 2 million times on Twitter. So it's been viewed quite a bit, 21,000 retweets. Um, it is a building what looks to be in new york kind of like a uh apartment building typical mm-hmm. balcony metal balcony looks no like nothing's gonna happen here i'll full screen it first so you can see it but looks like nothing's happening and then all of a sudden chaos 
and two <laughs> people. Did you? I, I might just. I'll just let it keep playing for you. Chaos. I'm just gonna mute the sound there, but I'll just I'll just leave it on replay while we talk here. But um, it is, yeah, it's you know what looks to be two people on the balcony, and all of a sudden one person's back comes through balcony falls. They fall, and it looks like they grab the other person to bring them with. Like, if, if I'm going down, you're coming with me. <laughs> I mean, Mick Foley uh, is... Like, oh, my God. I just thought of the same thing. <laughs> he is so mad that, like, someone did this in real life, like, and he couldn't be the one doing it. This looks prime Mick Foley, almost Shane O'Mac off the, to- off the top of the cage. Um, it's about the same size. It looks like the same fall as off the cage. And she, I mean, it looks like she falls and grabs him, like... How bad of a person do you have to be to know you're going down and just grab the other person and huck them with you? Like she grabs him and he comes, he falls out harder because she like ends up throwing him down harder. Uh, Almost into that car. Luckily, I think the car outside of maybe the balcony hitting it, but God, I mean, imagine like that that Grubhub driver that's like just parked (laughs) on the side of the street. Um, that's making a making a drop. I mean, this is like you said, straight out of the WWE. It looks like, I mean a botched power bomb maybe um that, that just went a wrong um but shame on the internet for not dubbing jim ross's voice over this i get i i bet if you look at the pro- replies we might find one of them but the watch out watch out watch out also yeah. it helps that she's like not like, God, don't clothes, do so she just hit hard concrete basically naked which I don't, I always feel, you know, clothes do nothing to help protect your fall, but it just feels like when you see a video like this, like if yes. she was fully clothed, it would hurt less somehow. Um, even though Can she falls straight onto like, her knees. What were they doing though? That's what I, well, yeah, the video, the video kind of starts at a bad spot. Cause well, obviously why would someone be recording that clearly something, this must've been a, a, a to do before this. Cause like, why bring your camera up in the first place? Like specifically up into this balcony. Cause like, this is where it starts off zoomed out zooms in and all of a sudden like they fall so clearly there has to be some sort of argument actually well, if you start the video his hands holding on for dear life i mean I don't, I don't know if i need to get bonked for this but like first reaction may have been that there was some intercourse going on he, she is on top but he's holding on for dear life right well, I, mean, I mean you know there's not enough footage here to, <laughs> to grade what's going on but um i mean yeah could it be fighting could it be intercourse i mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry i if you're not watching this, this has to be a clip right here this has to be part of the clip this, here. but i'm this, just going in slow-mo and like like free like the slow-mo frames. the slow-mo where it looks like she was about to stick the landing almost <laughs> just she, like, she looks like batman like come like like coming out like to save the guy with that cape coming down yeah. and like her legs look like she's about to land it all of a sudden they just buckle and they're gone and, oh. and just heartache luckily for this stool, imagine like that stool falls right onto her or something but it, it misses oh and then she just lays there looks like like she almost looks like she's smiling like this was all part of like a plan like she's like looking at a dead body like smiling oh uh, the stool the stool being like a near miss <laughs> like like they they survived the fall only to to die from the the stool that that follows them um i mean did you do any big J work to figure out like if these two people were okay or I, I want to say I, I saw something about them alive. All the replies are just like other false, which are just hilarious. So like, I'll, <laughs> we might have to link this tweet just cause like the, the, the rest of the replies are just so funny, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I haven't found out if she, I, I, I mean, she had her eyes open and looked fine. Like I was yeah. clearly there's some sort of like legs issue going on. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> DJ Collins, we... 
Oh, oh no! Oh, someone did the slow mo for us. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable, and I don't really know. I I got to imagine they're okay. The Peter Griffin one. Oh my god! Uh, Both reportedly survived the plunge. There we go. Oh, I was in Saint Petersburg. Um, thank God, because I mean, I feel like we Olga I mean, Vol- Volkova and Yevgeny Kar. That adds so much that they're Russian too. Like they were, they were, they share something. Oh, they're okay. arguing. So there was. That's why the video was up. They were arguing out on the balcony. They were arguing on the balcony. So clearly, yeah, that has something to do with it. Uh, that's like a wedding night celebration there. That's true. Yeah, the, that could have been like consensual. Like they're like, let's throw each other off like the balcony. Right. Um, it's like that. Yeah, that's the that's like that's the that's the proposal. It's like we both need to survive. If if we do, then that's it's. Mad. I need to stop. <laughs> it's. Mad. I just need to stop scrolling the tweets. Um. But man, I mean, I'm glad that they survived because <laughs> I'm glad they survived <laughs> because it would have been a tough look for me to be wheezing at people. Uh, I, I, I did. I, I saw that St. Petersburg article. Honestly, I really, literally before this read just that they're alive. So like it was okay to post, which I assume it's still on Twitter that they, they were alive because Twitter wouldn't have allowed that. But mm. I, yeah, I laughed for a good tw- 20 minutes watching that the first time and it's six seconds. So it's just like, it almost reminds me of Vine where you just sit there and watch Vine, the same man. thing over and over and over again, just because you just, and you just keep dying laughing for about 20 minutes straight of a six second video. So yeah. that was my, how is Twitter? Nothing on TikTok. Week. Nothing on TikTok brings you as much joy as that that six second pure bliss of, of yeah. Life. Anytime you can, yeah, that fat, that quick, repetitive, just funny. Well, I mean, listen, that if anything's gonna have you asking, how is Twitter free? <laughs> it's it's that whatever that was, it's that. <laughs> so, and that with that, that is the end of the show. We appreciate you listening. If you did get to this point, it was definitely well worth it. Um, like we said, sports heavy show because we were out for Memorial Day weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend in the Northeast. It was gross. So I'm actually surprised we weren't on Twitter more, but you know, we both went home and, and tried to enjoy some time there. So if you did enjoy, please smash the like button. Links down in the description below for all of it. TikTok, as we said, we've been posting clips there, Instagram clips on there, and, and just kind of like hype for the podcast. Twitter as well, same sort of thing. Yeah, Twitter, the best place to kind of like reach out to us too. And if you have tweets that are funny or takes that are funny from big J's, that is the best place to reach out. Steve, what are those? Yeah, I was going to say Rob's been crushing it um, with the, the clips. They've been great summaries of uh, just what this show because the internet is about. Uh, so again, follow him on uh, TikTok because the internet pod. Um, you can follow me and the Playoffs and Politics brand at Playoff Politics on Twitter. Um, and we post uh, when the show is out and we post the clips on Instagram at Playoffs and Politics. And uh, you can find Rob at Armstrong FC3 on yes, Twitter. Sir. Yes, sir. So links will be below, but give us a follow. Tweet us your Big J nominees. Tweet us your tweets of the week. Um, and, and we will see you next time. See you.